0: But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Old Podcast. I am Will Stone. No Chase Caldwell today. Um, we are subbing in our uh, West Coast correspondent and our first ever guest host on the podcast, uh,
1: Kyle Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing well, Will. I'm I'm it's uh it's a nice, balmy hundred and two out here in the Central Valley of California. And uh I'm 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 glad to be on the ineligibles.
0: Yeah, we're glad to have you. You're a a fellow ineligible like uh, like Chase and I. And um yeah, I I, I feel like the Pac twelve is uh I know that uh, you you kinda get sick of us dogging on it sometimes, but uh it's it's just kinda out there on its own, you know, like uh, they're their games are a lot later, and um, I feel like there's definitely some kind of bias, you know, in the media of not really uh, appreciating or, you know, maybe caring too, too much about uh, about those West Coast teams. But hey, on this show, we try to hit everybody, um, and we're definitely glad to have you on to uh, talk about the Pac-12. And uh, I think you're, you're going to have some good insights.
1: Well, I, I hope I can hope I can help. You know, I listened to. The radio station I listen to, we don't really talk about college sports, it's mostly pro sports, but the one thing that everybody unanimously hated was uh Larry Scott, so the fact that he's gone i think uh I think everybody from l a to Seattle was excited to see that guy go
0: yeah, I think that's a great a great uh like jumping off point for this episode is uh you don't see you typically don't see conference commissioners get fired, and I'm not sure if he was technically fired or just like you know. <laughs>
1: kind of forced out him to resign because I don't yeah I think he served at the pleasure of the of the uh college chancellors and presidents and they were more than happy with him being there because he started the Pac-12 network which was a colossal failure um right. and he negotiated some of the worst contracts in history but it was it was money and the Pac-12 I I think this will be a theme throughout the podcast but they look at themselves like a you know ivy league knockoff and they think of themselves they look at uh athletics like the way that you know many many of these like, county fairs look at the rides it's a way you know the, the main <laughs> the main point of them is is the fair and the livestock auction and all that but we just right. got to get people in the gate so we're going to put some rides and corndogs and stuff like that out front so it's uh just one of those things that they, they, it was always an afterthought to them, but finally right. they just there's just too much money in it, and they finally decided to pull the trigger and ask him to uh, to finally resign uh, this spring and that was that was big news
0: yeah, it was big news, um, and they made a drastic change, but uh I, I guess for Larry Scott, he was there for about a decade or a little bit longer
1: a little bit longer than a decade yeah he okay. he did great things like. Move the Pac-12 office to downtown San Francisco, which I don't know if people know, but is the highest rent district in I think probably the world. So that one didn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, and he loved the French Laundry and uh, playing golf in exclusive uh, country clubs in Arizona and Palm Springs. So yeah, <laughs> he he was he was a great commissioner for the Pac-12.
0: So was his biggest failure primarily TV related?
1: Yeah. It was, it was more than, I mean, the, the SEC's biggest strength, maybe more than anything was pairing with ESPN. And it wasn't necessarily in terms of the, you know, showing all the games and having a platform to show all the games. I think it's more the documentaries, the, the inside access, the production value and the PAC 12 network had none of that. And I really think it hurt us. And then on top of that, you couldn't get the Pac-12 network. I didn't get the Pac-12 network. And I live in California. I got the Pac-12 still, network I, when I lived in Texas. I, didn't I still get can't Pac-12. get it. I didn't get the Pac-12 network. <laughs> and, you know, we taught the Pac-12, uh, calls itself the conference of champions and they wanted this, it, it, the Pac-12 network would have been a perfect opportunity to show the Oregon, Oregon's women's basketball games and Arizona women's softball games and, and some of these really dominant programs and, you know Washington was the national champion men's rowing program and it would've been an op- awesome opportunity but it the fact that it's not on any TVs it, it didn't get anywhere and i think that was yeah. uh, that was his biggest failure uh the the conference uh chancellors and presidents were very critical and said that he was out of touch with the campus environment mm-hmm. um which is really interesting because i don't think that you could i think that their hire was uh was <laughs> they said one thing and then they went and they did another because they go, <laughs> I mean this is I'm going to turn it back over to you because uh, you're you, good I, I don't know how to pronounce his name to be completely honest
0: yeah um, I've I've heard it pronounced on uh, various uh, various cultural of Wild podcasts throughout the summer uh, but I believe it is George Klyofkoff. Uh he is uh, he's from MGM um, I'm not familiar with his role but I, I bet you have some, he, some he more was, insight into that uh,
1: yeah so he was head of MGM which is obviously a casino and a Las Vegas-based sp- uh, sports and entertainment uh, facility, right? So they, they owned the hotels, they owned the arenas. He helped uh, facilitate a lot of UFC uh, and work with the Gaming Commission of, of, of Las Vegas and the pay-per-views and, and staging that and marketing that, which, is, which was really big. Um, he was, depends on who your sources are. Um, and he denies them because he doesn't want the city of Oakland to try to murder him and he knows how passionate <laughs> Raider fans are but he was instrumental in getting the Raiders to Las Vegas and, and building Allegiant Stadium he was uh, instrumental in the building and kind of making T-Mobile Arena what it is now which is where you know multiple professional uh sports leagues play and that's where UFC hosts most of their Vegas fights and and he's been a a big part of the West Coast uh, a bubble, you know, in the Pac-12 yeah. loves Las Vegas. They host a lot of tournaments, a lot of things in Vegas, probably uh, rightfully so. Vegas is a great town. But, yeah. um, you know, if they wanted somebody that was more focused on the universities and back to campus, they couldn't have gone a more opposite direction. They went from the stuffy, you know, financial district of San Francisco where everything's really buttoned up and wearing ties. On yeah. And they went down to Vegas. It was it's it's quite the
0: culture uh, <laughs> shift. Yeah, when well, they took a guy who was bad at TV to a guy who's seemingly pretty good at TV and money and all that kind of uh, aspect of of college sports, um, especially with like I feel like uh, I feel like sports betting is a budding industry in in America with more states starting to legalize it, and um, that's definitely going to spill over to the college game. I think, but uh, I mean, it's. It's a unique car, but I, I think I like it for them. I think it'll be a it'll end up being a, a
2: good move.
1: Well, I mean, everybody the joke. Uh, I mean, when we were in college, the the Pac-12 after dark was always the funny thing, and I, yeah. I, you know, I stayed many nights. And the joke is, everybody tries to recoup their losses in the Pac-12 after gar- dark game, and you know, it's it's kind of a gambler's paradise. But in reality, before you know, before, I mean, even up to this year. <laughs> The only people that watch the Pac-12 are, are degenerate gamblers. And, <laughs> you know, I'm you know, I, I, I'm an avid listener of the podcast. And when Chase, you and Chase say things sometimes to make my head want to explode. And when Chase went and said that the Alabama, you know, the last year's Alabama team was the most explosive offense in history, my head about exploded. And then yeah. I realized that you guys probably didn't watch that 2004 USC game. And I went and I looked back and all the start times are, are, were, you know, 7.30, o'clock at night in the, in the Midwest. And it, yeah. it was, it's just yeah. one of those things. That, and some of them even later. So, yeah, of course you guys didn't watch it. And yeah. after watching football all day, you know, you don't really want to stay up until 1.30 in the morning watching USC dismantle Fresno State or something like that.
0: I mean, I think now I would. But when I was 11, uh, definitely was not an option <laughs> back in, in 2004.
1: <laughs> and I get it. And it's not even, I, you know, but you were a pretty dedicated college college football fan i think the most uh, casual fan i mean at some point they want to go to a bar and like hey we've watched football all day can we please just sit here and listen to music and you know have a <laughs> beer and things like that it's right just one of those things that happens
2: yeah
0: um do you think uh so like, like obviously he's gonna have a big focus on the tv money aspect of that and you know it seems like he's He's kind of mulling his options over as far as, you know, any uh, any realignment. Um, I guess my question for you on as far as the rest of this stuff goes is, is like, does he have options or like, is there anything he can really do to uh, to get those better deals? Like is that, like, like you said at the start of the show, that it's really mostly about pro sports, but is is that passion for for college athletics and for college football, is that there on the West Coast? Because cause, cause Jason and I are, are, you know, we're over here in Texas. Like, I never been in California until a few months ago when I went there for my honeymoon. So, um I feel like you definitely have better insight th- into that side of things than 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 we do.
1: Yeah. Well, like I mean, so I work in the Central Valley, so I'm kind of I get a lot of I I I get 680 kind of which is the Northern California uh Bay Area radio station in, in kind of the north half of the state and then I get up the 710 ESPN LA. And it is funny because even when, even though they have two professional football teams, right now the talk is what is USC doing? And then on top, then behind that, if it's, if it's USC, USC, USC. Well, first it's the Lakers, right? Everybody's talking about the Lakers and what are Lakers going right. to do because they didn't win the championship this year. And then it's USC. And then it's the second place Los Angeles Dodgers. And then it's UCLA. And then, oh, yeah, also the Rams and the Chargers are playing in LA so it's just it's one of those things that there is there is a passion right northern California not as much we have yeah. Cal, we have Stanford and it just those two schools are so stuffy you know it, it's one of those yeah. things that it is uh you know it drives me nuts when I hear that people say like the Pac-12 or the Mountain West is better than the Pac-12 and that that drives me nuts because that's just not true yeah but if you came to Northern California, there's a lot of UNR flags. There's a lot of Fresno State flags. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Oregon and Oregon State fans. And it's just one of those things that we just, Stanford and Cal, I think maybe the times have just passed them by. And, uh, yeah. but the passion is here and especially get into the Northwest and it's, it's, it's crazy. They are college football crazy up there. So there, there, there is that, there is that passion. It's just going to be one of these things that how do we turn that into, um, to eyeballs.
0: Right. And it may take one of those bigger names like an Oregon or USC uh, or even Washington or UCLA to get really, really good. And maybe, you know, put the spotlight, the spotlight back on the West coast and and bring some of those eyeballs.
1: Well, will um, you, uh, the college football is better when USC is good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure about that.
1: But. No, I just I, I disagree. I think uh, college football is better when USC is good. No, but it is nice. It, it's one of these yeah. things that the fact that I,
0: USC, I, I, I do kind of miss them, to be honest.
1: The fact that USC is bad is beyond me. It's it, it really is. And, and U, USC and UCLA, the fact that they're they're bad is beyond me because they do have legitimate fan bases and and they have incredible boosters um, that we. And and more importantly, I think we got to do a better job of of keeping some of our recruits home. And I'm not talking about just California. Arizona is a recruiting hotbed right now, and even Utah is a recruiting hotbed. And I know that everybody right now, you look at the rankings, and everybody's focused on the South. And I know that it's probably a little bit of COVID that um you know it's one of those things that. We didn't play football on, on the West Coast last year. Uh, California really didn't play football; they played in the spring, and I think some of these other schools didn't either. And I think you're seeing that lag into these recruiting rankings. But when you look at the NFL draft, and even when you look at some of the some of these big schools, there's a lot of kids out of California, a lot of kids from Arizona, some Utah mm-hmm. kids. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that the talent's still there. It's how can we capitalize on that talent and keep that talent. Here on the Pac-12, it really hurt me uh, to watch Najee uh, (laughs) Najee Harris Uh just run people over when he was at Alabama. Like that guy should have been a Stanford running back. He should have been a Stanford running back. He was right in their backyard. He he had the academics. He did everything right, and and he decided to bolt and go to Alabama. Um, I think that most uh, USC and UCLA fans are are pissed about DJ Uiangale and Bryce Young. Oh yeah. Or, you know, th- those are guys that need to go, that need to stay home. Right. And yeah. it, it, the, the, uh, Georgie K as my, my boys, Murphy and Mac on 680 in the morning, shout out to those guys <laughs> as they call him Georgie K. If, if he's going to be successful, he's going to have to go and, and, and put in place the money and the infrastructure and also, rally these athletic directors uh, and get their support, because in reality you know it, it starts with the- athletic director. if you really look at the programs on the west coast that are doing well, the Washington and oregon they had really good athletic directors that really were supportive of of the athletic programs, and they did what they did what they didn't what they deemed necessary to get to get kids on campus cal stanford u uh, c l a um they just, they aren't, they aren't doing those things. They still look at themselves as academic institutions. And I don't know how you can call yourself this like, you know, league of of academic institutions and then have Arizona state in your conference. Arizona state is, uh, we make fun of Texas tech and, you know, Oklahoma state and some of these other schools. No, no, anybody can get into Arizona state. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's unbelievable. You know, it's so don't, don't feed me that line of, this this, they have this like you know ivy league air to themselves like come on yeah let's get over it Uh,
0: i've got two uh two notes on on as far as like keeping players home uh that just kind of stick out to me like first of all bryce young was committed to usc uh as 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 an underclassman uh he's from modern day like a usc pipeline uh at least it used to be um that's where i believe matt barkley played and some other guys but yeah um You know he was committed there, and then ended up decommitting and uh, flipped to Alabama. And he was the number one quarterback in the country. And he's looking like he's going to start for Alabama this year, and and probably be pretty good. Well, he's going to be pretty good. He's he's
1: a pretty talented kid. Um, And on top of that, not only did he not decommit from USC, he didn't have a lot of nice things to say after he decommitted (laughs) from USC. It it was right. He kind of was like, I don't know why anybody would want to go to school here. If you want to be like, and I think he had some comments about like, if you really want to play, you got to go to the South. Yeah. which which hurt me which hurt my soul like i i mean i i, I want to see west coast football still be good but um yeah. it's just it's it's probably just not probably just not likely um without some serious restructuring and and before we go into the i'm going to answer your next question we're not gonna i i i don't see a big 12 pack 12 merger not with the okay. commission not with not with as long as uh, Stanford and Cal and even Washington views themselves as this like, institution of higher learning and Colorado kind has that air to themselves now, and these guys, they, they, they want to stay on the West Coast. And for years, they rejected Boise when Boise wanted to come in. They rejected UNLV when UNLV was really good and, and was rolling in basketball. Shout out to to Tark the Shark and you know San Diego State. They've rejected, which San Diego State is a really tough school to get into, and even though it and is, a, and, and a pretty good school, football team, and a pretty good football team. I mean, it's got it's got everything that you want. It's got the perfect natural resources to, yeah. to really get good, uh, get good college, you know, players in there. Except for the fact they play in the Mountain West.
0: Yeah. So uh, with with with, with like uh, with his Vegas ties, do you do you foresee like you, you brought up UNLV. Um, I assume you don't think they're going to go in that direction as far as expansion?
1: No, I think if anything, um, I, you know, and you kind of see it in this schedule already, and this is something that kind of, w- it's kind of been brewing in the background for a little bit, but there is almost like this uh, mountain West PAC 12 symbiotic relationship. And it's, uh, you know, if you look at it, most of these PAC 12 schools have one or two, uh Mountain West teams on their schedule, and I think that they're going to try to build this not feeder system, but this this you know big brother, little brother, and and, you know we're you know the big brother is going to kind of protect the little brother, just so that that way I could go home and beat up my little brother. But at the same time, it's it's they're going to try to build up this thing together, and um, I think you know going forward, it's I don't know what's going to happen with bowls as the playoffs kind (laughs) of continue, but I, I foresee some sort of Um, and it's going to depend on the networks too, right? And I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, you know, they're long for the Fox programming, um, or if they're going to jump to like an ESPN or, or maybe could they be ones that give a, you know, CBS after they lose that SEC, that's that crazy SEC deal. If CBS tries to get back in, are they going to make the jump with CBS or could they be the ones that do an NBC deal outside of Notre Dame?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point cuz I thought about that like with CBS giving up the SEC here in a few years like are they giving up their college football coverage altogether or are they going to go towards, you know, a, a, separ- a separate conference? But that's definitely an yeah. interesting point. Um, it's
1: just it's going to be one of these things that's going to we're going to we're going to have to see what happens and play out. I mean, yeah. NBC, the fact that they only have one team and they have Peacock and I mean, obviously yeah. the Olympics are have been absolutely <clears throat> botched, but yeah. You know, I I you know, you don't you don't open something like that to not have any programming and I think I think the Pac-12 is looking for somebody to give them programming and a little bit more production value.
2: Yeah.
0: And then like do do you, do you foresee them moving the uh the Pac-12 conference championship game to Las
1: Vegas? Oh, 100%.
0: 100%? Yeah.
1: 100%. I think it's going to be it's I think it'll be in a couple different places. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in a uh, you know, if it's kind of what the ACC used to do where they used to have it in different places where it's going to be at Levi Stadium one year and then it might be up in Seattle for one year and then it might be down. And it's going to depend on how these, uh, I'm going to call them post-season games, right? Because I don't know if polls are going to continue. But right. I don't think that what they want to do is I don't think they want to go and have, you know, uh, you know your, your Pac-12 North and Pac-12 South champion play and the loser of that game, all of a sudden they're playing against the champion of the Mountain West in a bowl game in Las Vegas. It's, I, I don't think that they're going to want to be like, oh, you just played there. Now you're going to play there in another two weeks. I, I think they're going to mm-hmm. try to avoid that and shift that kind of as necessary. Gotcha.
0: Well, then I guess on that note, with all the, the money stuff out of the way and the big picture items, let's get into some of these teams for this season. Um, I feel like a reoccurring theme throughout, throughout this episode is going to be that last year was just so weird and you know different with with covid and the pac-12 starting uh super late and only playing a handful of games it's hard to glean too much from what we did see but uh we're, we're gonna we're gonna try our best and, and and do the best we can but um just like the rest of our our conference things we've looked at uh just going off of DraftKings. they've got oregon as the favorite um but also the only favorite that we've looked at so far that is uh uh In the in the the plus side as far as betting goes, they're plus two sixty. Every other conference favorite is has been uh, minus one twenty five or greater. So um, there's decent money there if you if you like Oregon, but Oregon's plus two sixty, Washington plus three fifty, and then USC plus four hundred. Let's let's kind of start with those top three. Uh, I know that you uh, have your own disagreement with that with that order for sure, but uh, let's start with Oregon. Um, They they seem to be the I guess them and USC, but definitely Oregon has really amped up their recruiting a lot uh, in, in the past few classes, um, and he, and he, especially in the current class. They've got some some kids from Texas. They have uh, one kid that A and M really wanted that they seemingly came out of, out of nowhere to, to land. Um, but it's I think Cristobal is really really focused on that. Like he's you know he's coached in the South for a long time and kind of uh, I guess took that that mentality out there, but. Um I, I guess like what's your overall thoughts on Oregon this year?
1: Um Oregon's a really really talented football team and they are I they're obviously the favorite to win the north. Um I, a little bit of a spoiler, I don't mean to, to jump ahead, but they have an adult in the room. They have Mario Cristobal, he's a good coach. They have talent. If they're not playing for the the Pac-12 championship, something happened. They either had some stupid they either, you know, lost to Washington and then had a stupid loss to like a Cal or a Stanford. Or, I mean, just for whatever reason, that Oregon-Oregon State game, just is, it, it, something always happens that you yeah. just don't expect. Um, but their yeah. ability to go into uh, these other states, right? I mean, it's it's no joke. Kay- Kayvon Thibodeau is the real deal. He is a guy oh, yeah. who might be the number one pick next year.
2: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think
1: that he's crazy talented. But look where he came from. He came from L.A., right? And, yeah. and that is one thing that when, when Oregon was rolling – Right. I mean, <laughs> depends on how you want to look at it, whether, you know, you believe how much of these recruiting services were, were, were really just there to, to host camps or how, if people were getting money. But a lot of their really good players were coming from Texas, California. Um, you know, parts of the Midwest. I mean, right now, I think that, you know, this incoming class, they got a what they have really good wide receiver class coming in. One's from LA. One's from, uh, and one of them's from, uh, Maryland. And, you know, that's something that Ohio State has kind of always done. Ohio State's kind of dominated right. that, that mid-Atlantic region. So for Oregon to come in and start taking some of those guys, that's really kind of when Oregon was really rolling. They were a national recruiting powerhouse. And they need to, they need to dominate Oregon, which is becoming a, a deeper football state, but it's still, it's still not where it needs to be but they need to be able to come down to California, grab a couple guys and go up to Washington and grab a couple guys. What they can't have happen is Ohio State come into their come onto the West Coast and start mm-hmm. taking those guys like they did this year where Ohio State took a couple really good Washington guys. And yeah. Washington really can't allow that, right? For years yeah. Washington said we're not good enough because we don't have the talent. Well, that's just not true. Like they yeah. have the talent in, in in the state of Washington and and on the West Coast and Jimmy Lake is completely just letting those guys walk out and go across the country and wherever they go.
2: Yeah. yeah. Marlon Cristobal
1: does a much better job of identifying that talent, developing that talent and, and trying to get guys that are going to make that next step. I think Jimmy yeah. Lake wants to get the guys that maybe are a little bit more malleable and he tries to have this develop, you know, develop talent thing, which is a Chris Peterson thing, but he, he did at Boise. But at the end of the day, if you're going to compete and win playoff games, you need real talent.
0: Right. Yeah, and as far as Oregon, like, as far as this year, um, I know their, their quarterback that played most of the last year, Tyler Shuck. I know he transferred to Texas yeah, Tech. Yeah, Texas
1: Tech. Yeah, he's, he's out. They got... Um,
0: is it Anthony Brown?
1: Anthony Brown is the guy from Boston College. He transferred in last year, and he played a couple games. I, just, I think that if you're really going to go and, and try to win a playoff game... I don't know if that's the guy that I want. I want to have, um, you know, under, well, not necessarily under center, but but you know, as my qu- starting quarterback. Uh, they have a really dynamic freshman incoming, uh, in Ty Thompson. And if Anthony Brown struggles at all, I I just think that you're going to see a lot of guys. And I think Mario Cristobal is an adult. I think he'll be be able to withstand the heat, and he'll probably stick with Anthony Brown. But I wouldn't be surprised if at some point you see Ty Thompson kind of you know. in there. And I think that guy, he, he's really good. I think he's got the potential to kind of come in and um, I will not say have a Tua like, like, uh, like effect, but I think yeah. that he might be able to, you know, kind of lift that team, take that team to a new level that Anthony Brown's just not going to be able to get them.
0: Yeah. You know, on, on offense for them, I'll tell you who I like is a uh, CJ Verdell. I feel like any, any, any Oregon game that I've watched in the past couple of years, that guy is just like, He's not real big, but, man, he, he gives so much effort on every run. Uh, the running back out there, like, he's fantastic. I think they have another, uh, another running back. Uh, is, it, is it Travis Dye or yes. Tyler Dye?
1: Tyler Dye. His brother yeah. played at Oregon as well.
0: Okay, yeah, I thought I, that last name looked familiar, but uh, that's, that's a pretty good one-two punch. Um, I'm not too familiar with their receivers, but um, on defense, they, I mean, obviously they've got, uh, got Kayvon Thibodeau, who is a very likely top-three pick, if not number one overall next year and uh, they have two outstanding young young linebackers um, both five (laughs) stars from uh, from the the 2020 class and Justin Flo and Noah Sewell I know know Noah Sewell will sound familiar to uh, A&M fans we we thought we had a chance he did take a visit here but um, his older brother Penn A Sewell was just a a first round pick from Oregon so uh, it it was always likely that he was going to end up back over there
1: no that Sewell family that is a they have a brother I think that's at kind of Utah State. They have a brother that, or a cousin that's at Utah State and a brother that's at Nevada. I mean, they got yeah. they are a really talented family and they love hitting people. They are very physical. Um Well and,
0: and Sewell, like he looks like a Alabama linebacker, not like a Pac-12 linebacker. <laughs> like he is no, he, he is. is he's built. I mean, he's,
1: he is um I mean they're out of Utah They're I mean, they're Samoan. I don't know if they're LDS um or not. Mm. But uh, you know that Utah area is it, it, it's becoming a little bit of a hotbed, yeah. And you know he he came up to Oregon and he loves it there, and he's 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 kind of fired up. He's ready to go. He's ready to go win some games. And yeah, they kind of feel robbed. Um, it was kind of a weird situation. Washington actually won the Pac-12 North last year, even yeah. though there was only like a handful of games played, and then they tested positive for COVID, so Oregon got to go in their place because pac twelve just needed content, so they needed to play right. that game. But uh, so and they won. And they won, but <laughs> all off season, you've heard nothing. The Washington people have not let Oregon forget that. Yeah, you know that that you know you you guys you guys were in our place, and I just I, I don't think that I'd poke that bear because I think Oregon is yeah. is is really good, and I think that they are the favorite to come out of the Pac twelve North.
0: Yeah, you know their schedule. It's not. It's not. It's not the worst, but it's not great either. Uh they do get uh Ohio State in week 2. They have to travel to Columbus for that one. I don't like their chances, but as far as their conference slate, uh they do dodge USC from the south, but they play I would say their three toughest games all on the road. They're like the three toughest conference games that is. They're at UCLA, uh at Washington and then at Utah. Uh they're at the end of the year, so um it's it's definitely going to be tricky for them. I know at Washington like that's a, a a decent little rivalry out there between the, the two best teams in the North, but um, it won't be easy for Oregon if they do come out of the North.
1: No. I mean, they start with, they start with Fresno state, which as much as I am a big fan of Fresno state. And I think that watch out offense is talented. <laughs> I just think that, that, that defense is going to wreck shop
0: and yeah. they just
1: don't have the front set. I mean, they don't have the front. They don't have the front. They don't have the offensive line or the front set to make any effect. I think what they get Ohio state early enough that if they can keep that game respectable, it'll be a, I'm using air quotes, good loss. So but right. you know, it's, it's one of these things that even though they, they do go to UCLA and to Washington and to Utah, they kind of have,
2: I don't see Brakes. a break, but
1: they, but yeah. they do. They, I mean, Colorado isn't Colorado is a bottom feeder. Washington state, as much as R- Rolovich is going to have those guys rolling. They just don't have the talent to compete with 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 Oregon. Um, yeah. uh The biggest test is going to be that Oregon State game, right? They're coming off of Utah, and nobody likes playing Utah. They're they are just mean and physical, and just beat mm-hmm. you, and just beat you up. And yeah. and then they got to come off and play Oregon State, which somehow always weird happens. And, who who and beat
0: them? Who beat them last year? It's
1: it's that's they were the spoilers. They should have. It was an unexcusable game. They should have. Yeah they should have done it. And I think that this team is a legitimate playoff contender. Yeah. I just I think it's a long shot. I think that you're going to, you know, there's going to have to be a couple two-loss SEC teams and and right. you know, uh Oklahoma's going to have to seriously trip up, Clemson's going to have to trip up. I mean, it's one of Ohio State, Oklahoma, or Clemson are going to have to trip up and there's got to be a couple two-loss SEC teams there. But yeah. if there is gonna be a team, it's probably gonna be Oregon that, that's yeah. gonna have a legitimate chance of making and I'm not saying make a play, like make the playoff and then win a playoff game.
0: Right. Yeah, I think I think Oregon's set up to do pretty well for the foreseeable future. They're they're recruiting at a different level than the rest of the conference. And um they I don't know if they're if they'll be, you know like just like amazing this year but i mean it's it's going to catch up That like that like that recruiting is going to catch up eventually and they're going to break through one of these years but um,
1: it, it, it's coming um yeah. and the other thing is is i we didn't really touch on the coaching staff they they reloaded they lost um they lost their defensive coordinator to, Bo- to boise state he went over and took the head coaching job over there and they mm-hmm. reloaded with tim deruter shout out to uh Oh yeah, got the former former Fresno State head coach. A uh, was he defensive coordinator at A and M before that under he was yeah Sherman. Okay. Yep. Um. So I mean, but he's a real coach, right? And and yeah. And and he's he's good. And then they have Joe. Somehow I forgot they had Joe Moorhead. And Joe Moorhead oh, is a good I, coach.
0: I forgot that too.
1: The Joe Moorhead is their offensive coordinator. So if anybody's going to be able to come in and and kind of make the most out of Anthony Brown, I I like Joe Moorhead's chances of doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Joe Moorhead is a former uh, Penn State OC and uh, Mississippi State head coach for a couple years. Right. But
1: and, I mean, d- explosive Mississippi State offense, too. So, I mean, he he knows what he's doing on that side of the ball. But yeah. I think losing Andy Avalos, who is the now head coach at Boise State, is going to be a tough thing to do. But yeah. I think they have enough talent to overcome it. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about Washington. This is a team that... Like most of these teams only played a handful of games uh they lost to Stanford last year who uh wasn't wasn't very good um they you know they have a new ca- a new head coach i guess i i guess Jimmy lake was the coach last year right like like Ed Peterson yeah, already stopped on this
1: first year and that it's always tough i mean he came into a, a tough situation with COVID yeah, and everything of course but uh, they, he's it's i you know some people are really high on him, and I just don't get it. Um, yeah. in, including, and I'm, I've kind of been looking at, I'm, I'm holding up. I have the Phil Steele magazine. Phil Steele's is very high on Washington. I yeah. just don't get it. Um, I think they just, I, I just don't see the talent on this team. Um, yeah. they, they have the, the, you know, everybody's returning. And the other thing is like, oh, well, they're returning like 18 starters. Everybody's yeah. returning <laughs> 18 starters to shoot. That, that, exactly. that doesn't mean anything to me.
0: But, and if your starters are bad, it doesn't really matter if they're coming back or right. not. Right.
1: I mean, at the same time, it's one of these things that, like, Oregon is replacing, you know, NFL draft picks with guys who could make the NFL. Washington's got yeah. a bunch of really nice players that are going to go sell insurance after this. And, and nothing yeah. wrong with it. But let's <laughs> let's call it what it is. Yeah. Um, but the most important thing is they're returning their quarterback. But they also did get in uh, Sam Heward, which is um, – you know, people might recognize that name. His, I think, his uncle is Brock Heward, who's the college football announcer, I think, for Fox. Right. Um. And you know, I. It, it, it's a long Washington pipeline. They have all, you know, him and his. his I think his dad played for Washington as well. His you know, yeah. uncle played for Washington, but he was a five-star guy, and he's he's legit talented. And yeah. if uh, Dylan Moore struggles at all, I think that that's another situation where it's going to be. What are we gonna do? Do we do we sacrifice this year and and bring in our freshmen and try to get try to get going? It's gonna be one of these things that if I think if you know they have an early challenge at Michigan, which both you guys are talking about, like, oh yeah, a bunch of talent. I I just I think that they there's a lot of hype around the programs. I don't think that the talent is necessarily there at either Michigan or Washington. And uh that's an early test. And I just I think it's a toss up. But they have to go to the big house, and I just don't see it. I think yeah. I think that's an, I think it's an early loss, and I think that could be a demoralizing loss. Um, they do dodge the the schedule sets up nicely because they dodge, uh, you know, they dodge USC and Utah, which is huge because those are two really good, really talented football teams. Um, but you know they have they and and they get Oregon at home. So their schedule mm. kind of set up for them nicely this year. It's just, yeah, you know, there's a chance. I just don't think they have the talent and I don't think they're coming out of the North.
0: Yeah. I think what, what, what Chris, what, what Chris Peterson did with that program was pretty outstanding. Um, actually took them to the playoff. One of the, uh, only PAC 12 teams to make the playoff so far. Um, he recruited at a, at a, at a, a championship caliber level when he was there, but, uh the, the past two classes have kind of tailed off a bit and uh i know they've dipped back under that 50% threshold that we always talk about but um you know if the if the quarterback can come in and uh, do some nice things as a freshman uh, maybe they get it turned around i know that i'm sure they have some guys on defense that will play in the nfl but um it's just it's it's tough for me me. to say yeah it's, it's tough for me to say what washington's really going to be but uh i guess at michigan will be a pretty good test for them but um our next team is we USC. Won't have
1: many questions until after that 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 Washington game.
0: That's right. I'm
1: um, sorry. What was that, Will?
0: I said our next team is USC. Um, they they get super lucky. They they miss Oregon and Washington out of the north. Uh, they get Utah at home, so their their conference slate is is fairly manageable. Uh, they do have the game at Notre Dame, uh, which they play them every year. But um, you know, I I feel like. I feel like USC is like they're finally starting to get back to that higher level of recruiting uh, and keeping some of those California kids home. Like in the last class, they they signed Corey Foreman, who was uh, the number a free, one player. He's so yeah, he, yeah, he's he's like Kayvon Thibodeau two years ago, uh, but kept him in state instead of letting him go to Oregon or to LSU or wherever. So yeah, or Clemson. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, his, his former teammate at Centennial was a guy named Drake Jackson. Who is also Ah. really good. Yeah. And uh, I I think that I think that outside of Oregon, I think they have the most talented skill positions. Um obviously they have Keaton Slovis. Everybody's gonna hear of Keaton Slovis by the end of the year. He will be a guy that'll be talked about as a number one overall pick. Um, you know, I I I think that (laughs) I think that Drake Jackson and Corey Foreman are going are gonna to try to take quarterback's heads off. And I think that they might succeed yeah. because those guys are just so good. Um,
0: well, then there's, there's two Drake's, right? There's Drake London on offense.
1: And then, yeah. And then they also have, Kate. don't forget about Katie Nixon. I mean,
0: it, oh, yeah, it's going to yeah. be
1: one of these things that I, I think that, I think that Washington or USC had a ra shaky offensive line going into last year. And then they lost one of <laughs> probably their best offensive linemen. Um, and, and Graham Harrell's their offensive coordinator. Most Texas fans will know him because of people remember him from Texas Tech. They're going to run that, um, they're going to run that air raid system. The, the question for me is going to be can, I mean, can Keaton Slob stay upright? Um, and I think that, I think that there's going to be real challenges. Utah's really going to challenge that. Arizona State's really going to challenge that. Um, and it's going to be in Notre Dame obviously they have some talent. Um, they're they're going to push at them. Um, yeah. but I mean I I got to shout out USC because they're I mean the one thing about them is they've never been afraid to play anybody. They always line up some 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 big games and they're playing yeah. and it's uh, I mean San Jose State's a little bit of a cupcake, but they you know as much as as much as I want to love Nick Starke- uh, Starkle. <laughs> Starkle? Starkle. That's yeah. Starkle. Um, you know, I think that was a little bit of a blip last year, and I think that was an absolute fluke. But uh, yeah. I know they won the Mountain West last year, but I think USA is going to go down there and roll them to start. Um, and they finished the year with BYU, which BYU is another team like Utah that that you don't like playing them because you always feel a little bit sore after you play them, and uh, yeah. that's the last game of their year. So yeah, and they have that rivalry game with Notre Dame that that's always yeah. tough. You
0: know, I remember last year, and I know it's a COVID year and things are weird. Um, I I do like the quarterback Slovis. Uh, I like some of the guys on defense, but it just seemed like last year that they were barely winning games that they probably should have won by a little bit more. Like they they squeaked by Arizona. Like they almost lost that game to Arizona.
1: No, that's, I mean, that's USC. They've always done that. I mean, that's like the John David Booty special, right? They should be blowing (laughs) these teams out and they win by. all of a sudden, they come back and win in the fourth quarter. They shouldn't be comp- like they shouldn't. They, they, you shouldn't be competing, and that's I think an indictment on Clay Helton. I yeah. really think that guy is is not the answer long term. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised somebody's going to hire Deontay Williams. He's the associate head coach slash I think defensive backs coach. Yeah, he is an unbelievable recruiter. I mean, people look at him, and I think he will be a power five head coach somewhere. Um. You know, and it's one of these things that they've had. They've had their fair share of scandals um, and they've had their improper benefits. And I think that they're probably set up of of the Pac-12 schools outside of Oregon. I think they're set up the best for name, image and likeness.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know. Clay Helton's future at USC, do you think like like for this season, like what would have to happen for him to
1: get fired? Uh, That's a really good question because USC is an, is a private school and COVID really hurt them, hurt them Mm. bad. Um, and he's got a pretty big buyout. Uh, I, I really do think that (laughs) I do think it's financially motivated and I, I, you know, I know USC probably has, you know, bigger pocketbooks than, but there is no, there is no. I think USC fans and boosters are kind of in that position where they're saying, "Well, if we fire Clay Helton, who are we getting?" Yeah. I mean, honestly, Steve Sarkeesian probably would have been the best fit possible. I, you right. know, Again. I know that he had his, I know that he had his issues, but they probably, I mean, I don't want to yeah. say they probably shouldn't have fired him because they had to do what they had to do, but yeah, he's the guy that seems like the best fit. It's gonna be one of these things that like, who's who's the next guy? If yeah. they can identify the next young coach, if Matt Campbell is seriously interested in coming to USC, Clay Helton's getting bought out. If he, even if he wins to Pac-12 South, he's going to yeah. get bought out. If Matt Campbell says, "Hey, look," and he shows some interest, yeah. um, I think that's I the strangest thing hit. to
2: me. It, like,
0: like to me, it seems like all of these, like of all the like really good up and coming coaches in college football, it seems like almost almost all of our are either Midwest guys or guys from the south like it doesn't seem like any of them are you know a natural fit on the west coast and not saying that they couldn't go out there and do it and be successful they definitely can but it just seems like every coach that's good in the midwest has a tie to ohio state (laughs) like uh every coach Uh, in the south
1: it is it is nuts i mean yeah as much as people want to talk about with luke fickle luke fickle's not taking the michigan job you can cross that one off right now luke fickle is taking if ryan day gets hit by a bus He'll take Ohio state tomorrow. And I think the only other job that he would consider, I think would be Notre Dame. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, if people I, are, I think, if, if people, if people are familiar with that name, uh, Luke Fickle is the coach at Cincinnati. Who's yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. He, he was, he was, he was the DC at Ohio state under urban. And I think even before urban got there under, uh, Jim Trestle. Uh, yeah. but he's an, he's an Ohio state guy, uh, done really, really well at Cincinnati, obviously. And, um, He's a guy that gets brought up every every offseason as uh you know, a guy who could you know make the step up to the power five, but he's probably happy with where he's at. I mean his uh I don't it, think
1: he's leaving Cincinnati. He's got that program rolling. And yeah. I mean I think I think that if 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 playoff expansion happens, which I'm not we're I am not we i do not know what's gonna happen, you know, there's right. been rumors that it's kinda of coming to a halt. But if, if playoff expansion happens, I think he's gonna stay at Cincinnati. I think he's very comfortable there. Yeah. If Matt Campbell, I think Matt Campbell is a really good head coach and a really good guy. Um, if he comes in and he could somehow keep, you know, and he keep Deontay Williams and then get like a Tosh Lupoli from, he's now with the Jags. Yeah. But he's kind of been all over. He was at Washington, USC. Uh, he was at Alabama, Alabama and that was a failure. But if he could somehow get him, he was, he's a really good recruiter. And yeah. you get two guys that really know the area and can dominate recruiting and yeah. make that work. I think that you could kind of get look, I I could probably take that job if you give me <laughs> uh, I will do it for I'll do it for an easy, you know, seven hundred and fifty thousand plus a car and a house in LA, <laughs> but you gotta get me Tosh DiPoli and yeah. uh and you know and Coach Williams, and I think that we can win nine to ten games a year.
0: Yeah. Well see like it may end up being Helton's downfall is his, his 2020 recruiting class. It was, uh, it was literally like in the 50s or 60s. Like it was awful. But he bounced Wait, back who, last year with a top 10 class. They're probably well, going to have who, a top 10 who, class who this hired. year. Was it, was, it, was, it, was it the guy you're talking about?
1: Yeah, uh, Coach Williams. They, they yeah. brought him in. He was at Washington before that. They bring Coach okay. Williams and they go from they were like at number 100. They bring him in and they're top 10 almost overnight. Yeah. Um, I mean, and he's chasing down. Everyone. He's chasing down. He gets guys from Texas. He's coming. He's after that big cornerback out of Michigan. And yeah. there's uh, there's real momentum that he's coming to USC. It's not a tough place to recruit to. Southern yeah. California is beautiful. I hate it. I would never live there, but yeah. it is beautiful. And it's it's not a it's and there's beautiful people down there. And it's you know LeBron's there. And I think that <laughs> if they can get it going, I I think that you like USC games. Celebrities just show up. They're right there. It's in their backyard. It's a fun. When USC's rolling, it's a fun program to be around.
0: Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's 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 similar to Texas, where it's it's strange that they've been down for for this long. But um, let's uh, let's move on to a few other teams. Uh, like, there, there's kind of some tiers here. Like this this first tier is Oregon, Washington, USC, um, and then our next three are Arizona State, Utah, and UCLA. Um, Arizona State difficult to talk about right now. They have some trouble with the NCAA. And some uh, recruiting violations with uh, having kids on campus during COVID, which was uh, strictly prohibited. Um, I know they've they've let a few assistants go uh, with uh, with with regards to that. Um, but as far as their 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 team, they're actually pretty solid. Uh, if, if
1: really they can get, talented team,
0: yeah. If they can get past the distractions from this uh, this NCAA investigation, they could be dangerous. I know Jaden Daniels was a quarterback that. Uh, and m looked at a couple classes ago and he's he's a really talented kid uh they got some good running backs and some good receivers over there
1: yeah it's just gonna be can they survive this right now uh i I saw yesterday a couple more assistants uh turned to n c a witnesses against term. so i i don't think he makes it through the year and no. um antonio Pierce is kind of former n f l linebacker uh former new york giant you know he's kind of the the guy that's kind of the the coaching waiting there the associate the guy who's kind of the coach of culture or whatever you want to call him. Um, it yeah. sounds like he's going to get busted for uh, mm. bad practices and um, not just the recruiting violations. I think they had some, you know, uh, workouts that weren't sanctioned and things like that. And I think that gotcha. all that's going to come to light and we'll see what they can survive. But in terms of talent, they they have it right. I yeah. think that they, they, <clears throat> you know, they're going to push anybody around. Um, they have a, they have a really solid offensive line. Um, their defensive line is, is, is above average. And I think they have the skill talent to kind of challenge some of the, some of the contenders. Yeah.
0: Their uh, left tackle is a uh, annum transfer, uh, Kellen Deesh. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, uh, they, they're at UCLA at Washington. Um, I, of course they play USC in the regular season. So I don't know. Uh, I've,
1: I've, the i bet season. they're. The sneaky game for me is going to be they go to BYU. Um, ah. I'm not, I don't think BYU is good, but I think that they're I think that they're tricky, and I think that they could beat Arizona State.
0: Yeah, had had the coaching stuff and the the NCAA trouble not happened, I would have been a lot higher on them. Um, but it just feels like you know when things like that happen,
1: things tend to fall apart. So I'm not su- super optimistic like there. I would be surprised if guys start transferring out mid year. It, yeah. it, it's going to get really really ugly, and they're going to be put in some real trouble. Um, yeah. And you know, I don't know. Part of me hopes that Arizona can can go in that last game of the year, and after getting absolutely annihilated like seventy to seven last year, gosh, yeah, I'd love to see Arizona just go on and, and just put an ass whooping on the on the crumbs that remain at Arizona State.
0: <laughs> let's uh let's move on real quick and talk about uh, a team that you, that you sounded pretty high on before we hopped on in uh,
2: Utah.
1: Yeah, I just think Charlie Brewer is going to be a really nice player for him charlie brewer was the baylor quarterback played four years at baylor and because of COVID, he got the extra year um so he's at so he transferred to utah and uh, utah doesn't have necessarily all the skill talent that some of these other schools have but their offensive and their front their offensive line in front seven are is probably good as anybody outside of oregon in the conference um yeah And Kyle Winningham is a real coach. He's really good. He's really talented and they, they, they beat people up. Um, I just, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to look, if you're going to bet this conference, which you shouldn't bet betting is uh, betting is do it for fun. Don't do it to, to try to make money. Don't do it to try to pay the mortgage or anything like that. But if you want a fun team to bet on, um, it's gonna be Utah. I think that they're I think that they're gonna upset some people. Um yeah. you know their schedule doesn't set up perfect for them. Um they don't play any real out of state games that make you kind of like that I mean they, they got Web they go they got Weber State to start off the year. They stink. Uh they go to BYU and Utah's always fired up for that game. I think they roll BYU. They go to San Diego State which I'm surprised Oof. if they're going to San Diego, um, yeah. Yeah, especially on September 18th. I would have scheduled it a little bit later. You know, Get out of Salt Lake City in December and go down to San yeah. Diego. But uh, <laughs> they go to San Diego State, um, so they don't really have any out-of-conference games. Um, they go to USC on October 9th, and I think that's probably going to be your big your big noon kickoff game of the week, and that'll be a really fun game. Yeah, I think that'll kind of decide. I think that will, that will be the game that decides the Pac-12 South.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. you know, I've, I've always liked Kyle Whittingham over there. Uh, he's, I feel like he's the, like the only, like Utah is typically the only team, at least consistently, that's just that super physical, uh, kind of beat you up kind of team. Um, I think that starts with him. He's a, you know, he, he's got a physical style of coaching. Um, you know, back when, when we were, uh, you know, trying to get rid of someone and, you're looking at other coaches before I knew that Jimbo was going to be the guy. Uh, I probably had Whittingham in the top five or six of guys I would have taken a look at. I mean, if you, if you bring him to a place like A&M and get him some, some star recruiters that, like that or assistants, I think he'd do a fantastic job.
1: Right. No. And Utah is one of those programs, every other program, right? The Cal, the Stanford, uh, Rolo up in Washington state, Oregon state, Arizona, all of these bottom feeder schools right the big thing is always like oh we got to change a culture we got a new strength and conditioning coach you never hear that in <laughs> Utah cuz they're always in good shape and they're yeah. always they're always to the nines when it comes to that i i just, yeah. that's never been their problem
0: well and because it's his culture like he's been there for a long time and he's really established that yeah. right
1: it'll be uh, it's going to be a tough year they had they you know uh ty jordan was a running back for him and yeah. he kind of passed away tragically uh kind yeah. of suddenly so, I don't know if that's going to be a distraction or make for a magical season, but yeah. we will see.
0: He's from the Dallas area, so uh, that's Oh, that's, he is. Okay. Yeah. That's awful and tragic and uh um that's, you know, it's it's something you hate to hear for such a young kid to uh to to pass that early, but Right. Um let's talk about USC or not USC, about UCLA. UCLA.
1: Um
0: I feel like they've uh like so UCLA does, doesn't recruit at a super high clip, but They do have a star quarterback uh, in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I feel like they've kind of pinned their hopes to him. Do you you
2: think he's the real deal?
1: Yeah, I do. I think that they have... I think that... I I don't get what Chip is doing. Uh, Chip is a really smart football mind, and I think that he's probably better than a lot of people give him credit for. But he's changing his offense. They're running this very... Weird. They're they're running. I mean, he's looking at. And he's I think he's looking at. Oh, look at all these inefficiencies. And he's trying to do. I think with like Kyle Shanahan has done with the 49ers, where he's running a lot of heavy tight end on fullbacks and and things like that. And and they have real talent at those positions, right? They got some pretty decent running backs. They got some some tight ends that are that are you know real athletes and and can provide some mismatches for um for them. And I just I just think that Dorian Thompson Robinson. I think that you kind of let him open it up a little bit. I think yeah. he. I think that he is, has all the physical tools. The biggest, the biggest thing with UCLA is can they limit their turnovers? Dorian Thompson Robinson did not hold on to the ball all last year. He fumbled it constantly. He, yeah, he just made poor decisions and he forced too many passes. If he can eliminate that, I, I think that I think that that UCLA has a chance to play. They're not one in the Pac 12 South, but I think they could play spoiler to either USC or, or Utah.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, I think, I think Thompson Robinson kind of reminds me of, uh, of Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State. Like, super talented and, and athletic and, uh, you know, a good passer as well, but just really inconsistent and just tends to have that, that turnover bug sometimes.
1: Um, it's, it's one of these things that the, the buzz around him is he's a really bright football mind and he really understands the game. But he'll go and you uh, know he'll, he'll try to force things and and try to fit things into windows and he tries to tries to see windows that oftentimes aren't always there. He, yeah, he, he's one of his he's a little bit of his own worst enemy in that way.
0: Yeah. Um. As far as their their schedule, they unfortunately draw the two top teams out of the north. They play at Washington and then they host Oregon. Um. Their first game of the year is Hawaii, but right after that, uh, on the real on the real week one is uh they host LSU. Um, we know all too well about an SEC West coach going to play UCLA in their first game on the road and, uh, not, not turning out well and maybe, uh, getting rid of their coach at the end of the season. So <laughs> I'm not saying that LSU is going to blow a 35 point lead, but, um, I'm definitely interested in that game. Yeah.
1: ESPN stats and, uh, stats and info will forever oh, gosh. be dead yeah. to me after that game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it doesn't even bother me just because I know how we ended up, but, man, like, that sucks. It still hurts. <laughs> <still> hurt. <clears throat> um, so. A, a sign up for UCLA, their backup quarterback is uh, Chase Griffin from right here in Hutto. So, um, uh,
1: and I believe they just landed an A&M transfer, was it this, was, it was pretty recently. A wide receiver transfer?
0: Yeah, uh, Cam Brown, son of uh, yeah. former uh, Super Bowl MVP for the Cowboys, uh, Larry Brown. So um, good tie there. Uh, rooting for for Cam for sure. He's uh, also from DFW. So um, let's uh, hit these last ones real quick. Uh, these these next six teams. You know, there's there's six teams listed here that are you know kind of at the at the back half of this league, but you can kind of pair them up. But I like these coaches, like. I like Justin Wilcox at Cal. I like uh, I like Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. Like they they seem a little bit different. Like I feel like they actually coach pretty good defense. The, both those coaches. Um, do you think they have what it takes to kind of stick around at those jobs?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think Justin Wilcox. Uh, you know, I think he does a really good job on the defensive side of the ball. I think that they kind of have they have Chase Garbers in there. Um, Nico Vermejo, uh, and Kakoa Crawford. I think that's, that's a really nice quarterback to wide receiver combo. Um, I think that that's going to be enough talent on that side of the ball. And I think Justin Wilcox can handle it and, and get that defense dialed up just enough. Um, I think Jonathan Smith, I just think Oregon State is always going to be, they're, they're just going to always be at a disadvantage. There's just yeah. not enough talent in Oregon. Um, what, what Oregon doesn't get, Washington gets, and then they're left with the crumbs. Yeah. Um, and it's a Pac 12 is kind of a weird deal because it's really incestuous. Like they have Sam Neuer coming over from Colorado. Um, and he's probably going to be the starting quarterback, which is a little bit weird to me. Um, everybody thought it was going to be Tristan Gebbia. Um, but he kind of got hurt. He, I think he pulled his like butt muscle or something like that. And he's, <laughs> he's coming off that. And I just I think it's going to be Neuer, um, but I just I just I don't think that they have it. I think they're going to win one or maybe two games this year.
2: Oof, yeah, that's that's tough. Um,
0: as as far as Colorado, the team that Sam Neuer left, uh, I do like their quarterback. Uh, believe his name is Brandon Lewis. He's from uh Melissa, Texas. Uh, he yeah. played a a little bit in that um in that Elmo Bowl loss to the Longhorns but he, he showed some stuff as a true freshman and, um, you know, he could, he could do some nice things. Uh, I know they have a good running back in, in Jerick Broussard and a yeah, pretty solid middle linebacker of
1: player of the year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, they, they, they lost their linebacker last year, uh, Nate Lammond, but he's back, uh, he's first team all pac 12. So they have some nice pieces. Um, I, I don't know what to think about Carl Durrell, the head coach, but, uh, they've got a tough slate. They have to play A&M, uh, uh, in week two, you know, kind of like just from the get go, and uh, I don't think it's going to go well for them in that game. And you know, if if they get to a bowl, I'd I'd be pretty impressed, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't see it. Um, I think that th- they got JT Stroud in. He's a Tennessee transfer,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: unfortunately, I I just hate when that happens. Um, you know, I. Uh, kids can go wherever they want to go. I'm not going to say don't, you know, I I think, but it's the tr- they're going to transfer and the, the one-time transfer is going to happen no matter what. Um, I just think JT Stroud right now is coming in and I think he's just causing enough noise that I, I just think it's going to be a distraction for him. And I'm yeah. I'm just, I think it's unfortunate for that program. Um, and I kind of hate when that happens. Um, yeah
0: let's talk about two opposites as far as a- uh, academics go um let's start with stanford uh i don't think that we mentioned at the beginning of the show that kyle was my roommate in college uh for a time um and and during that time when you know we were uh living together uh, it seemed like like stanford was really in their heyday back in those days like 2013 2014 uh stanford really had it going on you know they had this this cool new coach david shaw who you know went to stanford and got stanford and you know played a physical brand of football, and was doing really well, but hasn't been able to keep that up uh, in the past four or five years or so.
1: He has. Uh, it's, I think he. Uh, it's frustrating because Stanford has so much potential, and they should be absolutely lighting it up with NIL, right? It's especially with, with the alumni, but that, uh, that's a tough alumni, right? It's, yeah. Stanford really is probably the closest thing to an Ivy League outside of the Ivy League schools. They really that they really capitalize on that with the Olympic sport recruiting. I think they had, you know, like 10 Olympians this year, which is really impressive. Um, yeah. But I just David Shaw just seems to be completely lost when it comes to the, the, the NIO rules. I mean, he talks about how he wants to educate his players, but he doesn't see that the school's role in any of it. And he wants to try to lead certain guys away from shadier agents and, and, and things like that. Um, and he talks about like, well, most of the, uh, I think he had some clip about like, oh, well, most of our, most of the tech companies and social media was developed at Stanford. Like that doesn't mean anything. If, if <laughs> you're not doing anything as a school to try to promote your players, then, you know, I he just, uh, it stinks. Cause I think he's a smart guy and I think he's a good coach. Yeah, I just think that he, he might've been of a different era. And yeah. I think that you can do this when you have a guy like Andrew Luck or even like David Mills. Um, but I mean, uh, when you have, I mean, I, it's it's either going to be either Jack West, who I think is kind of the older hand, or it's going to be Tanner McKee, who's this uh, really physically gifted freshman, six six, two forty. He's got a rocket arm, you know, all the things. But they they just keep losing. They don't have uh, NFL offensive lineman anymore. They don't have the Solomon Thomas. They don't have yeah. uh, the Ado Aboyo. They don't. They're they're just not getting those guys. And the other yeah. thing is. It's such a tough school to transfer into. They don't expect oh, transfers yeah. from junior college, let alone like other colleges. Yeah. It, I just think that Stanford's in a really bad position. And I, I, I feel really bad for David Shaw. He probably should take an NFL job a couple of years ago. Yeah. I just don't, until that program gets a new athletic director or a new college president that's going to work with some of these guys, yeah. I just don't see, I don't, I, I don't see, I think they're going to be on a, a, a gradual decline.
0: Gosh, I didn't even think about the transfer thing. Like that's so big in today's game. Like and not even to just like rely on solely transfers, but like ANM did it this past year. Like they had a, a hole at tackle and had to go out to the the transfer portal and and bring in somebody from Tennessee. Like it it really it puts them at a big disadvantage if they can't take in transfers.
1: I mean, is anybody left on the Tennessee roster because I mean not um, really. <laughs> Colorado got a Tennessee transfer. We got a Tennessee transfer. Washington State got Garrett, uh, Jared Guarantaro, Guarantano. I think Oklahoma got like a, a dozen of them. I mean, it's it, it's unbelievable. I yeah. mean, and, and just real. I mean, to transition. I mean, Washington State. rollo has got. He's a good coach. Uh, he did good things at Hawaii. Um, that program's a little bit of a little bit of a mess right now, just yeah. because they They have like five quarterbacks um I don't know if it's going to be cam cooper uh, Jane Delore was a freshman last year. He was a starting quarterback. He did a good job, but it sounds like it's going to be the Quarantano. Yeah. um and I just think he's i think he's going to lose a couple of these really nice recruits that he's he's worked so hard for yeah and i i just I think he's really struggling with um Eastern Washington isn't a beautiful place and it's a tough place to recruit to and i think it's i think he's got a little bit of tough sledding yeah.
0: No, I thought um after after Mike Leach left there for Mississippi State, I thought he was a gr- a pretty great hire um bringing him in from from Hawaii with a you know a, s- a similar offense, definitely a you know an air out and uh, high flying offense. Um at a place like Washington State, you have to have something like that because you're not going to get the the top end guys um in that area or from, you know, all over the country. So, um I think Leach overachieved there, but that's kind of what he does. So, I yeah. think I think they were they're hoping that that Rolovich can kind of replicate that. But um, did you touch on Arizona already?
1: Uh, no, there. Look, Arizona Arizona is a bad program. Um, yeah. They brought in Jed Fish. I think he's a decent coach, but they brought in Dom Brown, and I don't know if people remember Dom Brown, but he was the defensive or he was the defensive coordinator at Michigan, uh, that same Michigan team that got torched by o, by uh, JT Barrett and Ohio State for like a hundred points. He's this like king of the blitz and, and things like that. And, you know, it's, I, I don't think they have the pieces. I yeah. I think that they're really struggling. Um, they have a couple guys, uh, you know, Gunnar Cruz is probably going to be their starting quarterback. They have another kid named Will Plummer, no relation to Jake Plummer. Uh, Jake Plummer is an Arizona state guy, not a U of A guy. <laughs> yeah. Those two schools don't like each other. They don't get along. Um, I just, I, I think that Jed fish is going to be good it's going to be a, it's going to be an uphill battle, but I, you know, you know, all about someone left that program, just he mismanaged everybody. They had a lot of transfers out. They surprise, surprise. It it, 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 it was a bad situation. Um, I want to see him do well. Uh, Yuma is a really big area for ag and specifically vegetable production. So I'd like to go down there and <laughs> see a couple games while I'm down there for work and, and stuff yeah. like that. I'd like to see that program get rolling. Yeah. But they have a it, it's it's gonna be like Washington or even Stanford. It's gonna it's gonna take a little bit to kinda get that to get that momentum going back in the right yeah. direction.
0: Yeah, until you said Don Brown, I had no idea that he went there, but I've I've got the uh or I saw the perfect uh the perfect nickname for him uh during last football season when, when Michigan was kinda getting torched by Indiana. Um he's he's Midwest Chavis. He's he's Midwest John Chavis. Like he's got the mustache, he's an older guy. Um plays a similar style of defense to where if he doesn't have NFL players at both defensive ends and both corners, <laughs> okay. he's, no, he's going to, he's, he's going to get torched.
1: <laughs> look, there's a reason, like, if you look at it, the top, like top five recruiting classes are always Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, like it's Georgia. A reason Georgia, like there's a reason that these schools keep making the playoff. Right. It, Uh, unfortunately you need to you you have to get the four and five star guys but you have to get the right four and five star guys too. it's it's a tough thing to do and uh and you know it's one of these things that like i love listening to 710 because they always have i can't remember who the old us it's like some old USC coach and he's always like oh well we have too many five star we have too many five star guys in there and i just i i just can't help but laugh and it's like a five-star guy is like having a first-round pick in the NFL. Like, yeah. like, what NFL team has ever complained about having too many five first-round picks? Like, nobody's going to say that. Like, yeah. get them in there, get them on campus, figure it out. Like, I, it's, 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 yeah, it's impossible. I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know. It's, it's going to be. It's going to be tough going forward. You know, it's the Pac-12 is at a huge disadvantage. Um, the five schools just seem to keep getting better and better and better yeah uh hopefully something changes
0: yeah i think if 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 usc can get you know a big time coach in there or you know promote uh i keep forgetting the guy's name that you keep talking about the assistant is it Deontre oh, deontay, williams? Williams. deontay williams deontay yeah. williams yeah yeah so like if he's you know if he's the answer you know it sounds like he's a pretty good recruiter and a solid coach as well so um i think oregon's on the right path uh maybe washington can can take a, a step forward um
1: maybe you, i i really hope that chris peterson gets the athletic director's job and can kind of because you at, at washington is another school that that really prides itself on academics and i think that you know it, it's they're in that position where i think that it's it's tougher to get some of these some of these kind of um more borderline guys into your program
2: yeah
1: and i hope that coach peterson can do a good job of of getting in there and kind of getting getting it right and, and getting those boosters. Um, kind of back going because it's i mean it is seattle is such a cool town and Washington oh, yeah. plays right on the water yeah. and it's such a cool tailgate experience that it's it should be easy to recruit to um and washington's producing talent at a high a high level um and it's just as easy to get to to seattle as it is to eugene for hawaii and some in utah and some of these other places they yeah. they should they should get it rolling. It, yeah, it's so heartbreaking to me that they're not.
0: I know you joked there. at the start of the show that um, that college football is better when when USC is good, but uh, I, I, there is something too. Like I think college football is better when like a whole conference isn't left out. Like when I think it'd be better if you know if they can get back to being respectable and you know maybe having a couple of of championship contenders and and for a sake keeping some of those guys over there, like, uh, Najee Harris, we, like we had to play him for, for three years, four years. Uh, we've got to play Elias Ricks at LSU. Like, um, like they've got studs going to Clemson and Ohio state. Like if they can, if they can keep their own guys over there, then maybe it'll, you know, spread things out a little bit and, uh, we'll, we'll have some, some more parody, but, um, I appreciate you coming on and talking Pac 12. You're definitely more knowledgeable about this than, and we are uh we appreciate you being our very first guest host um have you got anything else you want to say before we get out of here
1: yeah that uh as much as as much as it pains me i think starkeesian is the right guy for that job at at ut i think that i i know that you guys are very you guys are poo-pooing it because oh well like jimbo and and uh Coach Riley up at at Oklahoma are tough to go in and, and recruit against. Well, everybody's recruiting Texas. Everybody yeah. is. Ohio State's recruiting Texas. Alabama's recruiting Texas. Auburn's recruiting. Everybody's recruiting Texas. Like, I think Sark is going to do a good job. I think he's a good coach. Um yeah. I'm sad he's not at USC because I think that <laughs> I think that would have been the right fit. Yeah. But uh, you know, he he had those personal demons and it's got him where he's at. And uh, yeah. Uh, in in on in all honesty, I I. As a as a Pac-12 fan, I kind of wish we I, w- I wish we could have gotten Oklahoma and Texas because I think they would have been academic fits as well as you know a nice balance to to the Pac-12. Uh, we're never letting in Texas Tech. We're we're just not doing it. The, the, the commissioners are not letting in Tech.
2: They're or not Baylor, in
1: Oklahoma State. Sorry, Carly, but Oklahoma State is an absolute joke of an academic institution. Like they let everybody in. And yeah, I think the I think the private school thing. Um, they're not letting in BYU. Um, it, it, it's tough to go up against that, that religious institution. It's, it's just a difficult thing to happen, even though yeah. they are a good academic school. Yeah. But uh, no, the, the, I hope that the Pac-12, if Georgie K, if you can do one miracle on me, if you could go and somehow get Oklahoma and Texas to flip from the SEC to the Pac-12, <laughs> that would be it. That's how we, that's how we come back, baby.
0: That'd be like Alabama flipping Bryce Young from USC.
1: That would it, no, that would be like USC flipping Bryce Young back to flipping him back. Black. flipping him back. <laughs> yeah, it, it ain't gonna happen, but I uh, yeah. can hope.
0: Yeah. So well, Kyle, uh, I appreciate you coming on uh, and talking some talking some ball with us. We'll definitely have to get you back on. Uh, sometime yeah, I during. need to
1: get back on so I could yell at Chase.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'll make sure he's here next time, but. Uh, <laughs> Berlin. hopefully hopefully during the season or maybe even sooner than that uh so stay tuned for that but yeah. um we will uh, uh talk to you guys on thursday and uh have a good one
1: shout out Argos. shout out uh wings and more rest in peace rattlers